Welcome to the Moms of Triathlon podcast. I'm Allie Wilson, former college swimmer turned triathlete and full-time stay-at-home mom to 14-month-old daughter Beth. And I'm Amy Henderson, pro triathlete and working mom of two to Oliver, who's two and a half, and Margo, who is 10 months. This week, we'll be talking about our experience recovering from labor and how we got back into training after giving birth. But first, what's been going on with us this week? Allie, what's been going on with you this week? Uh, It's been a pretty good, busy week for us here. Um, We are getting ready to go on a trip to Bend, which is Central Oregon, about three hours from where we're at here. And so um, Bend is really well known for like a lot of outdoor trails and like paths everywhere. Just like it's a really walkable, bikeable place. And so we've been contemplating what we were going to get for um, Beth as a way of putting her on a bike. And we kind of looked into those trailers, but they're like really expensive. (laughs) So (laughs) we were like, all right, let's just get a bike seat. And it kind of really got us like jump-started on actually getting it. So we got a seat to hook on the back of our bike and we got to put her in that for the first time. And so that was really fun. Um, We put her on Nick's bike so we're all going to be able to ride together this weekend in Bend, or I guess this week, because we're going, Nick took vacation week. So we're going middle of the week and staying with some friends. Um, super, super excited about it. And we're still packing to leave. Mm-hmm. I am the worst overpacker. Oh, especially <laughs> when you're driving. It's so yes. easy. Because you're like, oh, I have room for this. I have room for this. And so I've been like trying to figure out, do I take like two medium-sized bags. I was like, we have one huge, like, um, like roller bag. And I'm like, we can oh, all yeah. three pack our stuff in this. And then Nick was like, no, I'd rather just use my backpack because he's yeah. a guy. He brings, like, n- nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, all right. We have so many bags at our disposal from years of college swimming and right. being in the beer business and just sports in general. We have – endless amounts of bags. So I'm like, all right, I pick a medium sized duffel bag for me and a really small duffel bag for Beth. And I'm like pretty proud of myself because I think I'm going to get everything to fit in both of these. But the problem is I like laid everything out and then I did like one more load of laundry. I'm like, all right, (laughs) well, this can fit. Like I can put this in. So Mm -hmm. now I'm like on the tail end of packing where everything is just like unnecessarily getting loaded in to the bags and so the big thing for me is socks i'm always like what if i need this extra pair of socks what if beth needs this extra pair of socks (laughs) yeah i couldn't believe it when i packed for chattanooga like i didn't i wasn't trying to be super efficient or underpack or anything but I swear I got there and I was like, I'm out of t-shirts. I don't have any tank tops. Like it's so, and I like ran out of like socks and everything. I I felt like such a fool. I was like, wow. It's like, I haven't traveled in two years. No. Well, and it's just so dumb because it's like, the other thing is like with packing for this trip is our weather's been cold and rainy Mm -hmm. and it's actually supposed to be nice. So, like, I actually felt okay about packing my stuff, but then I'm packing all Beth's stuff, and I'm just like, 
she has all these super cute little outfits for warmer mm-hmm. weather that I haven't put her in. And I'm like, I want to be able to take layers. I want to take options. And so there's been a lot of like, well, this is really small. Like her shorts are really small. Right. This one will fit too. Right. <laughs> but this isn't taking into consideration anything other than clothes. Like this isn't taking into consideration <laughs> like diapering stuff, you oh, know, yeah. just everything yeah. else. So have you started with that stuff yet? Not quite yet, because I realize all the extra diapers are in her room, and oh, I realize that after she'd worst. gone to bed. Yeah. So that's yeah. going to be a separate a separate bag. Yeah. So. Typically, one thing I like to do for car trips is I actually like to pack like the diapers and the kids' kitchen stuff and that type of stuff in a t- in a container, a t- like a plastic. Oh, bin. we have like a like a cloth tote. Mm. that's like a divided thing and so i'll kind of put yeah so that's gonna be like the diapering stuff and then um we'll do like a reusable grocery bag for kitchening kitchen stuff yeah i do that for so much stuff too like uh, typically our car it's like okay i start with the big plastic containers for a bunch of like when we go you know away for like winter holiday so it's snowy like mm-hmm. so much that stuff is so bulky so i like oh to pack gosh. a lot of shoes and like winter stuff in big plastic containers because then in the car they can go on the bottom and they're super stackable and like easy mm, to get stuff on top of that's a good idea and then yeah clothes and stuff in duffel bags and then all the like like five reusable grocery bags at the end with <laughs> yeah, food shoes <laughs> All the extra stuff. All the toys. <laughs> yeah. Everything just, that didn't fit in the bag yeah, because you were trying so well to pack uh, really well. Exactly. So that's sort of thing. And then the shoes you were just mentioning. So that's the other thing is she's like right on the verge of sizing up. Uh, so I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I think some of these size four shoes still fit, but like some of these size fives fit. Some of them are too big. So I think I've packed like maybe six pairs of shoes for her again because <laughs> I don't know what the weather's going to look like either. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's been packing. Um, other than that, we went on a hike today um, for Father's Day, which was pretty fun. There's like a little trail um, not too far from us. I did a trail run there last weekend and it's all flat and it's like, you know, a lot of like wood chips. So it's not too slippery and most of it. And we had Beth in the backpack and then we got a let her get out and play. And Mm -hmm. so that was really fun. Um, And then today I also did my first long, like actual long run in a while. Mm, And it was just kind of really nice to like have that feeling of going out for a long run. Yeah. And I like, cause I've done the shorter ones. Um, Last week, my weekend run was a trail run, but it was pretty short. And then I've done some threshold runs, but this was my first, like, you know, basically hour run. Yeah, nice. Very fun. So it felt good to kind of like get back in that mindset of like just going out for a long run and, you know, keep my heart rate down and just kind of taking in the scenery. Yeah. Can you remind me and our listeners what you're training for right now? Um, Right now, I'm officially training for an open water swim that I'm going to do at the end of July. So we're about four or five weeks out from that. And that's going to be a mile. It's two races in one day. It's a mile and a 5k. Um, yeah, so that, and then the only other race I have coming up, I think right now is going to be middle of September and that would be an Olympic distance. Nice. So that's, you know, I just kind of want to feel confident going into it and just stay consistent until I, 
you know, start actually training for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. And then, um, in other big news this week, we launched our Instagram page, our Mm -hmm. moms of triathlon Instagram page. Um, and I'm kind of doing a lot on that. Um, and I've been learning how to like use some different programs to create content, which has kind of been a nice, you know, I haven't really had to do anything like this in a while and it's definitely fun. Um, but we're still learning. I'm still learning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you have any tips on Instagram content, I would love to hear them. Um, but give us a follow. Our, um, Instagram handle is at moms of triathlon. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for leading the charge on that. It's been really cool to see what you've been doing, especially like you had the story where the two, you know, we launched two episodes on a Friday and you had them both like fly in and I've never seen, I don't know. That's so cool. I think I see other people do it and I'm like, it looks so hard. So all I did was like put the two pictures on the page and then hit animate. And I was like, Ooh, that's fancy. Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) Like, I think it's easier than, yeah. It's like overwhelming seeing other people's, um, social media content, Mm -hmm. not having any idea how to like create that. But if obviously you get the right programs and it's actually not that difficult. So it's kind of fun to learn. Nice. Fun. So yeah. Anyways, uh, what's been going on with you this week? Well, this week we've been dealing with uh, the last few days we've been dealing with Ollie being a little bit under the weather and it's been, you know, strange. Like he had a fever and that was really his only symptom. And, and so then, you know, we called the helpline and it's funny, like we just, you know, he's only, I mean, he'll be three in August, so he's not that old yet. So, and it's also been a pandemic and he's, you know, not in daycare. So we haven't, aside from like, you know, a couple bigger illnesses, we haven't dealt with that much that's come up for him. Um, So we just don't know yet. Like, what do you do when a kid has a fever and nothing else yeah. is going on? What does that mean? <laughs> and we have a great, our, our clinic where we where he goes to see the doctor has like the best helpline and the best person on it. And so I always love it. Nick always recommends that we call and I feel like I learn a lot every time. Um, so yeah, so we called the helpline and anyway, you know, they said, Oh, if the fever lasts for two days, then you do this and that. And if it lasts longer then you know, other things. And so basically he had a fever for like two days. He, you know, we did COVID tests. Those were all negative, no other symptoms. And I think the biggest thing for us was just like trying to keep him and Margot separate so that if he has something, oh, she doesn't yeah. get it. And a big part about that is like, you know, you're going to bed next week. I'm going to Italy for my brother's wedding, <laughs> which yes. I'm super excited about. But when Ali got sick, you know, less than a week from my trip is just like, I haven't even wanted, you know, someone asked me, are you excited to go to Italy? And I'm just like, if I make it, <laughs> like, who oh knows? I don't like, know. I just you don't even want to breathe. <laughs> yeah. It's just really nerve wracking, like having a trip in oh this gosh. time. And yeah. So anyway, so I've just been, um, you know, trying to help him feel better and he's been it's been so sweet he's been like putting himself down for naps early and like going to bed really easily which you know nick said about that like man it makes you appreciate the nights when he 
does not want to go to sleep at all and takes hours to get down. And then also what's been tricky with that is like when we're trying to keep the kids separate, that means that just it's harder for both of us. It's harder to get workouts in. It's harder to do other errands and stuff because, you know, we got to. Usually they can like help entertain each other. Yeah. And one person can watch both of them, but it's really hard to watch two kids that you're trying to not have like (laughs) cuddling or, you know, whatever, climbing on each other. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, so just been dealing with that, but luckily he's feeling a lot better. Um, and no one, none of us have gotten sick. So I don't know. I guess sometimes kids just get fevers. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so we'll, yeah, cross our fingers and hope that everything, everyone else stays healthy and that Ollie's still feeling better. Um, but definitely, you know, shifted around some of my training for the week. So now, um, it's Sunday right now and I leave on Tuesday afternoon for my trip. And so now I have like my brick workout tomorrow instead and, oh, yeah, you know, okay. just try to fit in the last big things, especially, so I'm going to be gone eight days and probably won't be biking. I mean, I'll be doing probably very minimal training if any, depending on how happy Margo is to hang out with my mom. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask that, how that was going to look for for training while you were gone. Yeah, I think, like, there's pools at the places we'll be at that, I mean, seem like you could do laps in them. Um, but, you know me, it's not really a priority to get the swims in. So hopefully <laughs> I can do some good runs. A bike, you know, there is a world in which if everything goes perfectly, I might do a ride, uh, rent a bike for a day and do a ride and have my mom watch Margo, but that's just going to be so dependent that we'll just have to see. Well, let's get into our main topic for this week, postpartum recovery and return to training after having a baby. This topic is inspired by a listener email. Thank you so much to Danielle for writing in. And reminder that if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, you can email us at momsoftriathlon at gmail.com. Well, Amy, you've had two kids. So how do you feel like you recovered comparing your first and your second ones? Yeah. So both of my recoveries, I feel like seemed very different. And so that's why like a big takeaway and probably a really good place to start for this episode is that your fitness going in to birth. So, you know, of course, going into pregnancy is one thing, but then how much you train or exercise and move during pregnancy and carry that through has such a big impact on what things look like after, you know? So for my first pregnancy with Ollie, I only ran up to 20 weeks uh, because then I was feeling the hip issues that we've talked about a little bit. And so then I didn't run for the whole second half of my pregnancy. So with Ollie, that meant like a lot longer time until I started running again. With Ollie, after I gave birth, I started going and seeing a pelvic floor PT because I knew that I needed to strengthen my pelvic floor post baby. Um, and I wanted to sort of be on the ball and like be on top of that. And that PT recommended not doing anything for th- any running for three months after. And I was not really a fan of that idea. It seems like a long time. Yeah. So basically, 
some type of publication had come out. It was sort of an overview. It's sort of like a PDF, like, I mean, you can find the document online because I did. I went and found it. So she was saying, oh, well, this new thing came out and it's telling PTs to basically say, don't run for three months. Yeah. I mean, seems to me totally crazy. So I went and I found the document and you can see like what studies they're referencing and stuff. And what's really great about it is it's super clear. So when it gives different recommendations, it says, is this based on uh, expert opinion or is this based on like actual research? Um, And it sort of has different levels of like the type of data or research or whatever behind the recommendation. And for the actual recommendation of not running for three months, it's just based on opinion, basically. There's no research. Well, that's strange that they would give you that advice then. Yeah, because this is like coming out as the expert opinion that PTs, pelvic floor PTs are referencing. And yeah, I know. I I was definitely not given that information i they didn't tell me anything about waiting three months and because you did go see a pelvic floor pt yeah i saw one um only a couple times basically i went in and she was like your pelvic floor looks pretty good and she gave me a few exercises i think i only saw her a couple times and then i ended up switching um to a different pt for a hip issue but i did think yeah. it was really strange that they were basically like yeah you're fine like yeah. Go back to whatever. Yeah. And this is such a good point, too, of like how much it varies based on the person that you see. So when I was told this thing, I was like, um, th- three months is not happening. And I mean, I was open to the possibility, but I was very much like I I really felt like after th- you do so much preparation for labor and what it's going to be like and all this stuff. And this is how I felt even just taking oh care of a baby, right? The yeah. Second the baby there's comes so out, much information and then baby's here and it's like, there's here nothing. you go. Good luck. I was like, <laughs> keep it alive. We, yeah, we covered this in my class, yeah. but like I've never changed a diaper. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, um, I hadn't either. And I mean, we like, first time we changed a diaper was with Beth in the hospital. And I remember, yeah, like, Nick was doing it more than me, and I felt like, can <laughs> right. you show me what yeah. to do? I don't know how yeah. to do this. Yeah. I know. That's the thing. In the hospital, it's great. It's sort of a crash course. They give you the information, and they're showing you and walking you through, and you have, like, a day or two for that. But then, <laughs> but then you go home, and you're like, what? Yeah. What did they say? I was sleep deprived. How do I, I do? Know. Or yeah. they tell one of the two of you, and then it's like, okay, I need you to tell me everything verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the nurse can you just you. record what they say yeah. yeah well i have seen this a lot and i don't know if you've heard the term the fourth trimester oh yeah uh the postpartum recovery period being the fourth trimester and just like i there's a lot of like parenting and um you know birth and stuff like that like social media pages that i follow and they do talk about how much support mothers and families need during that fourth trimester like physically yeah. mentally emotionally yeah and but people are like you know hey baby's here good luck and also kind of pointing out that when women are pregnant they're going in so much like less and le- yeah. less in the first yeah but then but you're going in what in the end mm-hmm. yeah. once a week the last like couple month or so and then yeah. baby's born and you get like one checkup at yeah, you know like a week out and then later, yeah. one more at six weeks and that's it and it's like okay good luck <laughs> yeah it is wild and so similarly like 
I didn't know any of the timeline for things like when can you run with a baby in a stroller based on the recommendation? Oh, yeah. When can you bike we, with a baby? Yeah. yeah. I know. Did we talk about this when we talked about expectations? We, I think we might have. I think it got touched on, but like, yeah, we didn't. I didn't know six months seems like so long. I'm like, oh, I'll yeah. be running with a exactly. kid at three months in a stroller. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give some quick stats of, you know, how I got back into stuff and then we can dive in more and you can share yours too. So for Ollie, since I stopped running around 20 weeks, I took a little longer to get back into it. I think I attempted a run, like a run walk one month after. And I was like, okay, the PT is right. Like my pelvic floor felt (laughs) super weak. It felt like it was going up and down and like, I, it was not comfortable. And so I was like, okay. Was it like a body. prolapse type of feeling? I mean, Almost. I don't really know, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> like I didn't experience that with running, but with with just like walking too much too soon. Oh, yeah. Because I remember having that feeling of like. Yeah, no. It I is. remember feeling almost like I had to like clench. Yeah. And like, almost like just you want to hold like, with your hand. You have to like yeah. hold your. Yeah. <laughs> and, like you want to hold your body together. Yeah. <laughs> you can physically. Yeah. And not to so, mention just the I, feeling of the hips when you would walk or whatever right after. Right. Like. Yeah. Just the instability. I didn't realize how much, I guess, trauma, for lack of a better word, like the body goes through in giving birth until like getting home and trying to function. Yeah. And just go back to doing normal things. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, even a month out, I was like, okay, running is not happening right now. Maybe the PT is on to something. (laughs) And then (laughs) two months out from giving birth to Ollie is when I started doing a run walk. And so it was, you know, like two minutes run, two minutes walk about eight times. And that I looked back at my training peaks note and I said, oh, you know, it didn't feel too bad. Like felt like I had the right, uh, you know, pelvic floor strength to hold it in. And Here's what I remember. So this was, remember, after I'd done some PT. So I had been doing my, like, pelvic floor strengthening. Um, And I think for me, with my first pregnancy, that was really important because I could feel that, like, weakness when I tried to do activities. Um, But I do remember I was doing these intervals, these run-walk intervals at the gym. And I was really happy I was at the gym because I would totally make use of a nearby bathroom to go and like there was yeah definitely like that incontinence feeling like I don't think I did pee on myself at those times but I also I was so close too (laughs) (laughs) and I definitely have peed myself on runs after giving birth at different times you know like oh that's funny yeah and the other crazy thing so I mean what's funny is yeah it sounds like you didn't necessarily have that and your PT did say oh you look pretty good yeah that's a good point i i mean i've also only had one kid though and you've had two now no but this so was i don't know if this was more, more so with ollie so after ollie was born okay i was experiencing this more and here's the crazy part then i built up the strength in my pelvic floor and i was not you know it wasn't too big of an issue for that time when i just had one kid and then i got pregnant and 
I think it was maybe 12 weeks into that pregnancy about. And when I would do trail runs, I would pee my, like, sometimes I would like pee myself a little while bit. While you were pregnant on with my trail runs. While I was pregnant. Oh, so okay. it was like the pregnancy then brought back that incontinence, which I was shocked at. I assumed it would be after the birth again. I would deal with yeah. it again and I'd build back strength again. So the other thing is that my doctor, with my first pregnancy, I asked her, I know in like Gwen Jorgensen's video, she talks about pelvic floor and, oh, you should go in to a pelvic floor PT before you give birth to start prepping yourself and learn about, you know, positions for birth that work for your body and, you know, all this different stuff. And I asked my doctor about it and she, you know, is used to working with athletes. And she said, I would not recommend that because whatever pelvic floor strength you're building up, that is what you will be pushing through when you're delivering your baby. And I've seen people who like the pelvic floor is so strong that it's really hard to push baby out. And so I wouldn't start building up pelvic floor strength in advance. I would wait and then do that after you give birth. So with my first baby, I did that. And then because of that incontinence I was experiencing with my second pregnancy, I started doing pelvic floor PT throughout pregnancy because I was like, clearly this is not very strong. <laughs> I'm not too worried about pushing through. I think I need to worry more about like keeping what strength I have and like trying to build things it up. together. And, yeah. you know, we talked about last week, my pushing in my or whenever we talked about it, my pushing in my second pregnancy was, um, you know, like 10 minutes or less. So I think that was fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just thinking about that because we did just kind of talk about the um, that in that episode where we were discussing like push times having to potentially do with or no, what was it? It was how if you're clenching, and you're already mm -hmm. fit, then that might be like, even more like, holding yeah. back you know, yeah. progress. So yeah, that is interesting to like, you know, it, it's, it's been really kind of cool to talk about a lot of these topics with you yeah, just because yeah. they make you really like, really think about it and like kind of relive some of our own experiences. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, I hadn't really made that connection before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so true. And so then quickly for on running specifically with Margot, I stopped running at 37 weeks. And so then I started up again, you know, about six weeks after giving birth. And that, again, I did the eight by two mile, or sorry, eight by two minute run, two minute walk. And that felt fine, even those six weeks out. So it was pretty different for me from one to two for the running. What was your running like? Um, running for me, um, actually like you, I stopped running at about 20 weeks, um, just with, you know, cause we had issues early, which caused me to stop running for like six or seven weeks and then, you know, rebuilding, it was hard. So mm -hmm. at 20 weeks, I just was miserable. And so I just stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just one of those things I just couldn't push through it. <laughs> the bad days on running were just, I just didn't want to, just didn't yeah. want to. Was it, so I didn't, was it pain that was or discomfort that was related to the pregnancy or was it also just like trying to the normal like, I think it was just then trying to rebuild running yeah. carrying extra weight at yeah. like at the beginning of your second trimester yeah and so and I already like a year before had um 
kind of recovered from an injury. Like there's a theme for me and it usually involves getting injured running. (laughs) (laughs) So try as I might. Yeah. Um, but I'd had an Achilles issue, um, at that after coming out of, a race in June of 2019. And then I rehabbed that and did a long return to run and was finally in like really good running form when I got pregnant. And so that was a huge bummer to like lose that. But so my build back into running, uh, I took pretty slowly and gradually because I was really worried about re-injuring, um, my Achilles. Like it was basically like Achilles tendonitis. And so I was just really worried about building up too fast and, um, you know, having to go backwards. And so I did look at my training peaks and it looked like my first attempt at a run was two months out. And I'm not really sure. I don't necessarily remember. I didn't think I did five minute segments, but looking at it, it looks like I did like five minute jog five minute walk for just like 30 minutes and i'm kind of surprised that i would have done such long segments mm-hmm. um but yeah i had been so i went specifically to the pelvic floor pt and then that office was actually like 30 minutes from our house and so just having like a newborn i stopped going there when she basically said your pelvic floor looks good and Mm -hmm. i switched to a different pt and we did she knew i just had a baby and so she did give me you know stuff to help with i think pelvic floor but also my hip was like i don't even know what was going on with my hip um but so i did a ton of like rebuilding like just everything and so i think i gave it i don't know a few weeks um, of that before trying to get back into running. So I think that I kind of did the build back in a good, you know, progression of trying to do a little bit of strengthening before actually going out and mm-hmm. running. Um, but my, I was a little bit stressed rebuilding my run because I was hoping to race in a 70.3 that September. And that race would have been, uh, when Beth was five and a half months old. So I was kind of doing all the, like, the math on, okay, well, if I start running now, you know, I've got this many weeks until the race and if I can get through it. And I think I potentially could have gotten through that race with the bike. And I just didn't want to have to go in and walk the run. And so we ended up calling it like when I just felt like my run wasn't building up fast enough, but I also didn't want to like, push through rebuilding a run when I was looking at like, you know, a laundry list of injuries (laughs) that would probably have been in my near future. (laughs) Yeah. And that was the same for me is that I was looking at a race. Yeah. That was like four months out of Indian Wells, which is in December. I gave birth in early August. And, you know, for me, the concept of that race was, like we've talked about needing something to train for. I needed something that was closer than, you know, next May. Um, and also with having to look at the pro calendar, it's like I knew that that race was going to be happening. And then I probably didn't know what the calendar was even going to look like in the next, you know, spring. And but same thing. I mean, with running, like I just there was no way I was going to be running a half marathon that soon after because it took so much longer to get into. Well, I'm remembering, uh, I think it was Sarah Piampiano who did 
a full Ironman at six months postpartum. And I can't remember, honestly, if this was, if her kid's older or younger than Beth, but I remember seeing that she must be a little bit younger. Because I remember seeing that her post that she was doing that. And I was like, how on earth are you running a marathon at six months postpartum? And this is actually one of the big points I wanted to make, like, which is also the first thing I said, which is it matters so much your fitness going in. I think it's a huge difference. Because for me, when I put that goal of not even goal, but the possibility in my mind of potentially doing a half distance, you know, 70.3, four months out. One of the things that gave me the idea that that was possible was actually looking at Jackie Herring's old blog. So I don't know, probably just when I got pregnant and was like searching for information on what could be possible in terms of returning to training afterwards, somehow I stumbled upon, you know, this old blog from Jackie Herring about her first baby. And it was week by week her build up from giving birth to doing a 70.3 three months later 12 weeks later and the thing that was amazing about it and i pulled it up tonight so i could look at it is you know weeks one to two it says nothing just survive sleep eat drink lots feed baby so it's Mm. and then week three start walking first walk was to the mailbox then around the block and so on and just seeing that was like Oh, she did a 70.3 and she sounds very realistic about like, okay, don't even worry about it the first two weeks. Then like you're walking. And then, you know, I mean, by week four, she's doing four and a half hours of training. So, (laughs) you know, that's not. uh, But it does say, you know, went on a couple of run walks that were like 20 to 25 minutes long um, and went for a swim. So, You know, it's nothing. It felt very, like, achievable. And then our first bike was week five. And so, yeah, I think when we look at the pros, though, we need to realize, like, that the fitness that they carry in is probably so much higher. And for both of us, like, for our first pregnancies, not running the whole second half of the pregnancy, like... Made it really, really hard. Yeah, trying to do a 70.3 within three, four, five months would just yeah. be and, and not get injured. Um, one thing that also just crossed my mind is that um, you and I are both coming at this from the point of a vaginal birth and um, a C-section birth recovery would also be completely different. I don't know what that would look like necessarily like pelvic floor recovery, but um, my understanding is that C-section recoveries are more challenging in their own way. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's such just a good point. You, yeah. Yeah. So that was just something that I just thought about. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Uh, for biking, what did biking look like for you? Um, well, I waited the recommended six weeks to get back into biking and swimming. Um, we did have a pretty rough birth. Is that recommended? Um, I'll get. Well, I think like, okay, I should say the recommended as in like the blanket number that you're given that whenever you look up when yeah, you should start exercising again, classic. It, 
Yeah, the old classic okay. six weeks. And so um, we had a pretty rough birth. Um, I will get into all the super fun details of that eventually when we do our birth stories. But um, I came out of it with a third degree tear. And oh. so because of just like like physical healing and stitches and stuff, I was told to not yeah. like get in the water just because they're like everything needs to heal like properly and healthily. And so um, I was like kind of scared to get on my bike. <laughs> yeah. So oh. I, I did actually get on. Um, I, I think right at first I was like, I'm never getting on a bike again. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my life now. And I'm not ever sitting on a bike again. Um, but I was a little bit concerned about that. Um, but honestly, by the time I got back on, like everything felt fine. But I waited till six weeks to get back on the bike. And I think potentially would have done a little bit sooner. Um you know, if things had gone differently, but I, I was happy with that. And I felt like one of the big takeaways for me was I wasn't necessarily like chomping at the bit to just jump back in everything. I yeah. thought when I was told you're not going to swim for six weeks or like even going in to like before giving birth, knowing that I was going to have to wait however long, two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, I was like super stressed about it. And then once baby was here, I mean, yeah, it's like feed baby, try to get outside, try to just survive. And it was pretty low on the priority of like really jumping back into training. And I was just kind of trying to really appreciate the time that I was at home. Yeah, so true. I think it's sort of like an off season in a way where, you know, they tell you, when you finish a big race, take time off. And mm -hmm. the correct amount of time is sort of when do you get that feeling back of like chomping yeah. at the bit and like really wanting to train. So I think that's great. I think, yeah, I think by the time like that six week mark rolled around, I was definitely ready. But I really thought I'd be a lot more anxious about getting back into like yeah. actual fitness stuff sooner. And I was really kind of relieved that I wasn't. Um, I walked a ton though. Like, I mean, I was just looking back at my training peaks and I'm kind of glad that I would like actually track all my walks on my Garmin. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, there's days I was walking six days a week and the first day that I actually walked was she was six days old. And I remember like we went to my parents' house and walked like a little out and back and then another little out and back. And it was like 30 minutes total, <laughs> very, very slow. The whole family just like going for like a super, super short little walk. But I did that a ton. Um, and I know I already mentioned it, but I was, I think this was a few weeks out. I just looked at this a second ago, but it was a few weeks after she was born and I was like feeling really good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to like go for a long walk. And I did like a four and a half mile walk and which wouldn't necessarily be as big of a deal, but I know I've talked about the Hills that I live around. Mm -hmm. And so add all that in. And then the next day we did like a three and a half mile walk. And by then I was like, everything just like, it made me really, really realize how long I had to like how much I had to go to get back to being fully recovered. And I had to take a few days off and not walk at all, which was a bummer. So it was yeah. like, felt like a bunch of steps forward and then, you know, <laughs> a bunch of steps back. Yeah. Which but is also it was a really opening reminder of like when people say progress is progress is not linear. You yeah. Know, it's yeah. It's very true um, for postpartum recovery too. 
Well, in the email that we got, Danielle, who suggested that we um, talk about this, she actually talks about that too. She was just saying, you know, it's really mentally frustrating, like wanting to get back into, you know, running and biking and physically knowing that you can't and, or just fitness in general. And, you know, obviously, like I said, I kind of enjoyed the time off, but then when I did try to do it and I couldn't, it was really frustrating. Yeah. One of the things that I remember, and I don't know, you know, this was, I'm sure like three months after, you know, it was a little while after Ollie was born. It'd be interesting to know how much, but you know, it was a few months and I went to this, it was a group of friends and we were doing an uphill time trial on the bike for fun. Mm-hmm. I think we were doing it because I don't know if another race was canceled or we didn't want to pay for race entry. So we're like, let's just ride up this other hill as a time trial, you know? And I just remember being there and like, you know, I mean, I always consider myself a really good climber. Um, it's one of my, <laughs> here's Allie. She's pulling it up on the, uh, Instagram screen. Only because I, I like so just infrequently your Instagram. On Instagram. You can find it. I, well, um, only because I was looking at your Instagram the other day and I just saw it and I was reading it and it was uphill TT and that would have been October 5th. Okay. August. So just to give you, so August, so two months. Yeah, two months. So yeah, not very long. So I went out with friends yeah. and I just remember feeling worried about not being as good as I normally am, you know, like not, which seems so funny to say, because of course I wouldn't be, it's two months out and, you know, (laughs) you just gave birth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just went through pregnancy and giving birth and yeah, yeah, but it was just like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's It's hard to like not be as good as you have been. Well, especially if you're like around friends. I mean, I felt like that a little yeah. bit when I went back to swimming. Um, there was one friend that I swam with a few times that normally I would be faster than. And it was like one of my, I think like my third swim back. Keep in mind, I swam like three days a week all through pregnancy. A lot of those towards the end were like floating and walking. But in my mind, I'm like, I've been in the pool three days a week, every single week. Basically, you know, other than when everything was closed down for COVID, but up towards the end in the water all the time. And so my first swim back felt pretty good because I feel like that first swim back always feels good. Mm-hmm. And then the second and third ones were like, oh, I have no swim fitness. Oh, yeah. And I was frustrated because I'm like, well, I should definitely be keeping up with you. But I had to remember, like, I've done the fitness returns before, especially to swimming, you take time off or, you know. You have to be okay with the fact that, you know, people who don't normally beat you are beating you, but it's still frustrating. Yeah, exactly. So when did you um, actually get back on the bike after Ollie and after Margot? So for context, for Ollie and Margot, I both of them biking was the last thing I did. It was basically like two days before I gave birth, like before I went in to be induced, I did easy bikes. And then with Ollie, I first got on the bike three weeks after giving birth. And that ride, I remember just like really wanting to go outside because, you know, I'd been riding inside for so long towards the end of my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think I just went and like went on the flat spring water corridor path, um, you know, near my house. So just a flat little loop, nine miles. So like 40 minutes, super easy. 
And there was definitely some discomfort with the seat, you know, but and I did have a little bit of tearing. So I did have a couple stitches after birth, but it wasn't anything crazy. And I definitely <laughs> remember like getting on my bike on the trainer in the house just to test it out, like to see how know, it maybe a couple feels. weeks after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so, you know, it wasn't it was it wasn't too bad. And I think that's when I started riding again. So three weeks after. And then with Margot, I had this feeling of like, I have to beat my last, oh my, gosh. my previous <laughs> post birth. And so that was hard. It's like, you know, people tell you compete with yourself. Well, yeah, maybe not for this. <laughs> uh, but I definitely was like, I have to be biking sooner. And so 13 days after is when I did my first ride. That one was, I think, on Zwift. And it was like 50 minutes, um, just pretty easy also. But um, Do you feel like your bike fitness was higher going into your um, second birth than your first? Because I know we've talked about... Yes. Um, yeah, because you moved right before Ollie was born. I feel like we've talked about that a little bit of like your fitness just yeah. kind of dropped off. Exactly. I know. I was thinking about that going into this conversation. For me, a big thing... You know, in life, when we talk about sports and balance, it's like I really liked something that I heard once on the Workplay Love podcast with Jesse Thomas and Lauren Fleshman. And it's like it's not always about balancing everything at the moment. It's about like overall life balance sort of with seasons and an annual balance. And You know what I mean? So I think about that a lot. So for me, like. When I was wedding planning, I wasn't training for any big races. Mm -hmm. When I was, you know, preparing for, um, so before Ollie was born, we had that big move, like you said. And so then it was like a rush to sort of decorate the house. You know, we were moving from a place we were renting into a house. And so it was like, we needed furniture, we needed design. And I really wanted to get that, like, you know, you also have that nesting urge. So it's mm -hmm. like, I want the house to feel a little bit in shape before the baby yeah. comes and then I'm going to have a baby and like when will it get done yeah and yeah, so I had to very much do that shift of like this time is this is actually the perfect time to move because I am not training for anything and I have the time to sacrifice in the training department to then put it into a different effort so that was a big difference then for Margot. I was, I was also, we've talked about like racing on Zwift. Even yeah, that's when what I was, I was pregnant, thinking. Maybe you know? your fitness was a lot higher with the second one. Yeah. So my bike fitness was definitely higher. So, yeah. Well, we also moved like five weeks before Beth was born. And um, I think I was kind of in the same mindset of like, eh, like whatever. If I miss a ride, like not a big deal. And then I think they kind of like, final straw for my bike fitness during pregnancy was that we were supposed to move on it was a Thursday and we got hit with this big snowstorm and um I had already packed up my bike I think had already been moved my trainer had been packed up and so the day we were supposed to move we got hit with this massive storm and so if the weather had been fine or I'm sorry, if we hadn't been planning on moving, I still would have had my trainer set up and I still would have mm -hmm. been using it while I was stuck inside because like the streets were covered in ice. We couldn't really get outside to do much. And so I was already like dwindling on my bike training. And then oh, basically that entire yeah. like week to week and a half, I didn't get on my bike once. And then 
I think now we're like four weeks out from her due date. And I, that was like towards the end of it. That was, I was almost like done. I think I would try to get on like once a week, maybe twice a week. And it just like felt worse and worse. Like every day that I like missed a bike ride, it was going to be 10 times worse when I tried getting on it again. And so I am feeling very optimistic of like, if we have a second kiddo going into it and like kind of prioritizing the fitness more, because I think also with your first one, you don't know what to expect and you're tired and you're uncomfortable. And the last thing you really want to do is like, go do a sort of hard workout. And, but obviously like understanding how much that is going to help on the other side of it, I think is like a big, and knowing more of what to expect, a big motivator. Yeah. It just helps with that mental. Yeah. That motivation when you're pregnant, because you know, it's all of training is all about finding your motivation. And so when the big thing coming up is giving birth to your first child, it's like, it doesn't need to be a priority and that's fine, you know, and that's, um, but now you're right. It is sort of like a new tool to see a new way that that benefits you and, and all of that. Yeah. Well, that's been a little bit about what our postpartum return to training has been like. Um, I know that, I mean, we could do so many episodes on this topic. So please, if people have follow-up questions or, um, other things you want us to get more into specifically, we can, you know, I, I know we could go on and on. Um, it's a great, it's a great topic and it's like many things that we talk about under talked about. And it's so it's hard to know what your expectation should be and what's realistic. So now let's go into our closing segment. We're going to share our go mamas of the week. Go mama, go mama, go mama. <laughs> These can be any little win or something that's just making us happy. Allie, what's your positive for the week? Um, well, I know last week, um, I think we obviously talked about the rain and, uh, I mentioned that my mom had ordered Beth like a rain suit and some rain boots and those had showed up. And so the day they arrived, it was like actually stopped raining and we're like, seriously, like I was really excited to get her in her little rain suit and take her outside, but it had kind of rained earlier in the day. And so we went over to this little park and, um, there's just like a few areas that had standing water. There's just puddles, uh, around this little park on the, on the path. And, she hasn't really done a ton of puddle jumping just because, I mean, we went to the beach a couple of times and she did it there, but like the day to day, we haven't done a ton of puddle jumping. And so she was decked out in her little rain suit and mm. her purple little rain boots. And uh, we took her on this walk and we got her out and we're like pointing out all these puddles and she's just going over and she's stomping in all the puddles. And it was just, it was so much fun. And it was super cute. Um, You know, kind of that really nice, break from being miserable in the rain to trying to have a little bit of fun with it. And yeah. just, she looked pretty cute in her rain suit. Not going to lie. Aww, so, <laughs> so yeah. And then the next day we took her to um, this nursery by our house and I was outside and it's like all gravel and it rained overnight again. So there's a few more puddles. And so she ran around the nursery while we were there and like Aww. in her little rain suit and her rain boots and was like, <laughs> like pulling all the, like moving all the rocks and trying to get to the water underneath it and stuff. And so (laughs) it's just, it's fun to like have her outfitted for, you know, for the weather. And so, yeah. Yeah. So that's ours. 
that just gave me like one of the oh like a sad nostalgic feeling of thinking like wow you know with kids and life you don't you're you know just they're getting a little bit older every day so you don't always recognize like things that have changed in big ways in different stages and like mm-hmm. that's just giving me all these flashbacks to old baby ollie like in his rain boots oh. and just loving yeah stomping around in puddles and we would go out you know maybe it hadn't rained for a few days but we know where like the puddles you know the are puddles that are. remain <laughs> near our house yeah. and so it was like we can you know <laughs> motivating him to like get outside to go see the puddle and now like i don't know he's almost three and other things that get him excited and uh so yeah that's really sweet. everything's a season yeah so uh well what's yours for this week well mine is pretty simple and it's just that i have made great progress on packing for my italy trip so you know i leave uh about a day and a half from now and i'm like almost fully packed which normally i really you know, sort of wait till the last second in big part because, you know, you're using the stuff and you don't want to put it away. But for this trip, one benefit yeah. of it being so cold and rainy here is that I'm not using any of those clothes. Margot hasn't been able to wear any of those clothes. Like, I just don't need <laughs> to have the stuff out. So, yeah, I am pretty much packed. I've like weighed my suitcase um, and, you know, it's oh it's looking gosh. like it's in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> I like forgot about flying and weight restrictions on suitcases. I, I just haven't thought about that in a very long time. Yeah, I know. So, um, yeah, so I'm feeling like that's a win and feeling prepared and excited to come back next time we record and we can share our stories of traveling. Yeah, should be should be a good week for both of us. And it does look like when we get home, hopefully the weather will be turning around and we yes. will be going into a nice stretch of sunshine. Well, that's it for our show this week. Thanks for listening. We're excited to continue to share our experiences of training through pregnancy, postpartum, and with young kids. If you have any topics you want us to cover or any questions, you can find us on Instagram at Moms of Triathlon or email us at momsoftriathlon at gmail.com. Bye. Bye. Thanks.